One. Hey, what's up, Rochester? This is another rendition and edition of What's Going On The Experience here on Fox Sports and iHeartRadio with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew. And you know how I do. I go all over the planet to get crew members. So this particular week, we are going down south and we're going to talk to my man, the fanatic, a.k.a. Swaggoo Jr. That's what I call him. Because LSU beat the snot out of Alabama, and he is so darn happy. You should just see his face, y'all. Give it up for my man, the fanatic. What up, fanatic? Julian, how you doing? What's happening, man? Hey, it's a good day, beautiful day to be with you. You've been a great week to have you on. I was trying to figure out if I'm going to duck and dodge you after uh, the Alabama-LSU game, but I'm glad. It's all good. So thank you for having me. Excited to chat. Well, now, nah, man, we ain't going to duck and die because, you know, I'm not an Alabama fan. I just yeah, right. and I'll talk to you about that a little later, but I'm not an Alabama fan. I was kind of happy that Nick Saban got this up and coming because he was disrespecting guys going in the portal fanatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what do you, and to what me, you say about that? He was disrespecting different coaches. Ah, oh, you you're pulling guys out of the portal. What are you doing? This ain't football. But Nick Saban, you don't got all the great talent no more, Playboy. Well, hey, come on now. Yeah, you you took my thunder right there. But I'm gonna try and be the lightning with you. That's exactly what is he. You know anything? Anytime when somebody is getting ready to have their power usurped, they're mm. gonna fight back. It's a normal human uh, 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 reaction. So I'm not. I understand why he did it, but hey, Playboy, get the, the him Alabama having the number one recruiting class year after year after year after year after year. Hey, those days are coming, gone. That transfer portal makes things live and a much better student athlete experience, and really, it creates parity across the nation. For example, um, before we go SEC, we gonna go heavy there. But if you look at Pac-12, UCLA, yeah, they might have a coach that we all heard of, Chip Kelly, but they weren't a good team because no, they weren't. All the, they they weren't they weren't getting the, they weren't a good team but now because of the transfer portal they got fifth and because of COVID they got fourth fifth and sixth and even one dude who's a seventh year uh, red shirt red shirt seven? wait wait wait, wait. fanatic so, seven years in college yeah I'm telling you if you also know jumping yes at UCLA if you look at Hendon Hooker the big time QB from Tennessee at Tennessee. He's 25 years old. I'm always looking like he should be cooking college 18 and 19 year olds. So, so with the transfer portal and because of COVID, people can be a lot older, can be a lot, can replenish their team, and they can really look to, instead of getting that five star 18, 19 year old, try and go pluck you. Oh, I see a senior here, a senior here. You and I both know, hey, at 22 years old, you a lot more. In your man body than than when you are 17, 18 year old. So it's making it even across the board. Watch the boy from UCLA. You can hear red shirt senior, red shirt, red shirt senior. Some of them cats again, they, 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 they don't even really need to get ID for fear at all. So <laughs> the transfer portal, Nick Saban has lost that power. He he's still gonna get great recruiting classes, and then he lost great assistants like Kirby Smart, who can recruit. Um, and, and, and so the SEC, Brian Kelly said, hey, I'm going to throw my name in the hat. Let me see how good I am. And I respect somebody for going to the big boy league because he wasn't going to win a chip at Notre Dame. He wasn't going to win a chip at Notre Dame. He wasn't. And he wasn't going to be considered an all-time great coach that he can be. I'm not saying he is just yet, but he can be. If he wins and wins consistently at LSU, he can do uh, and become a really an all-time great, um, especially uh, because he's rocking the purple and gold. And he's always going to have a chance with top players. At, in, in the state of Louisiana, in the, in but, the but this what got me during the interview um, last week when I was watching it. I've never seen Chip Kelly emotional. He's always yeah. so stoic. He's very a stoic human being. Looks like. Oh, you mean Brian Kelly? I mean Brian Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, you know, yep. He's so stoic. Excuse me. Thank you. Yep. And but he was so hyped up with emotions. He almost started crying with the reporter. She said, "Look like you're gonna cry, Brian." Mm-hmm. He, he, no, he said. He said, "Listen, man." He said, I just knew if I came here, I had a chance to do some good things. And like you said, too, Fanatic, he said the opening up of the portal allowed him to get some players. Yeah. That normally, because just think about how fast LSU kind of came back. Because a year ago, they were scrubs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, yep, yep, you're right. And, and so to me, it's big thing. It started with Jaden Daniels, who I'm going to shout out Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards okay. really got him going because they were at Arizona State together. And when and when uh, Herm was getting ready to get fired, you could see that getting ready to come. 
Jaden Daniels got plucked, so Brian Kelly went and plucked him out and really unlocked Jaden. Because Jaden Daniels was, uh, uh, I'm going to throw it to my check down. Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. He, he never threw it deep. He never really unlocked his own pass game. He was too, I'm not going to turn the ball over. Brian Kelly has been, ever since he's been with Jaden Daniels, and Jaden Daniels, a great God-fearing man. We ain't going to go all there, but I, I love the way that he talks about his faith. And he just believes in him, himself. And Brian Kelly, I will say, he has had amazing coaching in particular with Jay Daniels, where he's letting it rip. He could always move. He's out there, Southern California kid. He's real close with Bryce Young. And he continues to beat Bryce Young at every level from uh, Pee Wee football up to now major SEC football. But, but you know, it's interesting that you said something about coaching styles, right? So let's talk about yeah. Herm Edwards. I love Herm Edwards because you, you play the win the game. Exactly. Yeah. Herm, your guys weren't really winning. I mean, you had a, a okay record at Arizona State University. Am I right? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't in a negative. He was a little bit more in a positive. But for some reason, he didn't unlock, like you said, that quarter. He didn't allow him to really – I think Herm restrained the guy a little bit. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Brian is letting him just, yo, dude, just go be you. You, you, you already got a good arm. You, you make decent choices. So just go have fun, young man. No doubt, yes. But I will say, think about Harm. You've been, you know, New York City, one of New York City's finest. Harm coached just like he coached at the Jets. You know, run the ball, you yep. know, play the defense, quarterback, just don't mess it up, and it's okay to yeah. punt. You can, I mean, you in the Pac-12, that's going to win you some games because the other team are going to throw it all over the lot, and they're going to turn the ball over. But you're not going to win always by playing that conservative. So now, yeah, you're right, Brian Kelly has really been opened up Jay Davis to say, throw that ball deep, throw it to Butte. Throwing the neighbors, get um Jason Taylor's son, and uh he's down there at yeah, uh, he's the right tight end, end dude. Yeah, he's, dude he's, he's looking good. He's so, looking good, fanatic. He is as, as a true freshman. Now you talking about some 24, 25 year olds. He is a true 18-year-old freshman coming out of the, the Florida the state of Florida. So, but hey, Nate, I want to ask you, because to me, this is what I love about life. And I tell my young people, take chances, bet on yourself. It's okay. There's no growth in the comfort zone. So to me, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Brian Kelly. He could have been sitting pretty at Notre Dame. I don't think anybody was going to push him out. He could have been in the next 10 years, been Lou Holtz, never won the championship, but winning a lot of games. But he said, I'm going to the best conference. I'm not going to Lincoln Riley. I can't win in the Big 12. So I'm going to go to the Pac-12, try and re rebring uh, USC up because it's really no competitors. UCLA maybe right now, uh, or UCLA definitely right now, Oregon maybe. Brian Kelly said, I'm coming to the SEC. I know I'm going to play Saban. I'm going to have to go through Saban, Kirby Smart. And he thought he was going to have to go through Jimbo Fisher. But we still got to play uh, A&M. LSU plays at A&M this year, Thanksgiving weekend. So that's always a tough game. So what's your thoughts on somebody who bets on themselves, like a Brian Kelly, who said, I'm going to go take my chance to the SEC. And but he it. said it in the interview. He said, listen, you can't be the best unless you play against the best. Yes. I mean, anybody who's competitive understands that. He has a competitive nature, and he knows everybody. And this is why I love right now that Alabama is getting their comeuppance, okay, because <laughs> I'm loving it. Because people are saying, you know, darn with that, let me go try and build a squad from this transport portal. Portal, And I think if Herb would have stuck around a little bit longer because they fired him, mm-hmm. he might have mm-hmm. been able to do that too. But I think Herm, sometimes you wear out your welcome in certain situations, right? And I yeah. think Bryant Kelly knew that was starting to happen at Notre Dame because they had reached the, they had plateaued. I mean, even with them last, this upcoming season, with them losing, what, two or three games out the gate trying to get their feet wet, they another team that needs to go to the transfer portal, but they got so many academic and different – well, you know, you're an academia. Mm-hmm. You ain't walking in Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you I ain't say- walking you ain't going from Miami to Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, hey, hey, you got to have some academic skills. A little bit tougher to do that. A little bit tougher to transfer there. So that's what I'm saying. So I think in terms of understanding, you know, the, the playing field and what, and what it looks like, a team like Notre Dame, if they're going to be competitive, they have a certain kind of athlete. They just can't take the dude that don't want to go to school. Yeah. You know, you know, you're, you know, you're an academic. You know, if you don't even want to come to class, son, mm-hmm. I really can't take you at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's some other schools you could go to. Yeah. You really gotta go to class like that because they know you ain't trying to. 
be, you know, a student, they know you're on your way to the NFL. Exactly, exactly. And so, but but they, you're right. The transfer portal to me has really changed the game. Nick Saban again. He's well, not again. He's an old man, seventy years old. I know he's. I know he's a, on the Aflac commercial with Primetime, aka Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's he's doing a two step and the wobble at the family barbecues. But hey, man, with nil money, hey, especially you you come to Baton Rouge where I am, you see track stars, you see beach volleyball. They got mm-hmm. big old billboards right on the highway where you can't miss them, man. This Gordon McKernan, he's an injury attorney guy. That dude, he got all the money flowing into LSU almost single-handedly. So, so now you, you can go leave places from Tuscaloosa and you can go to a Texas A&M where it is right outside Houston, College Station. Yeah. Or you go to a Athens not far from Atlanta. You can go to TCU, player. Look at yeah. TCU. They in the top four right now, dude. Yeah. TCU wasn't even on nobody's radar two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's okay, different. Before we leave, I need to ask you one quick question. No doubt. Speaking of Prime, how does Prime and HSBCUs get some of this money? Yeah, so okay, I, so I know how does how does Jackson State, you know, maneuver to get some of that FBS money? In terms of, I know you got to have a certain, you know, you all got qualifications, but yeah, how yeah. can they manipulate? Because you got Eddie George, you got some good coaches. Yeah, in HBCU colleges and universities. No, yeah. So now, and I think we might have to carry this over to the next segment if you want. We got about twenty-five seconds left, so I'll just okay. make it real quick. It's got to, Prime has got to continue to do what he's doing. Al Davis said it best: "Just win, baby." Jackson State nine and zero, six and zero in the conference, winning at home and on the road. Mm-hmm. Florida A and M though, they're five uh, seven and two overall. Yeah, so Prime got the first ever college game day to come to a HBCU, so they're coming. I, it's just going to take time. You know, we got to build. It's a build, build up. And I hope he stays. I know he's talking about going to a PWI, large major division one. I hope he doesn't leave because to Eddie George, we haven't really heard that much from him. His team is just all right this year. Um, so it, it's it's uh, Tyrone Wheatley. He's mm-hmm. doing his thing. But there's it, nobody sells anything like Deion Sanders, man. He's still got that flash, still got that prime time, man. Prime's prime still the coolest dude out, even in 2022. So, Hey, man, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Julian, we're going to tackle, I love that, the NFL, man, especially we're going to talk about this whole lawsuit that they got going on in D.C., man. I'm going to read some excerpts on that, man. And also, as much as I love the pancake, man, Jeff Saturday, you just pancaked a whole bunch of black men in the NFL by just leapfrogging over them and getting a job with the coach. I'm sorry. I had to throw it out there. You're listening to what's going on, the experience with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew. And the crew today consists of the fanatic. He's so nice. I just have to get him by himself. I can't have nobody else on the show other than the fanatic. We'll be right back. Fox Sports World, baby. Don't go no place. Hey, folks, we are back, and this is we're back and better than ever. Hey, as a matter of fact, I got to read a announcement, my brother. I have to do this. You know, I'm a little long in the tooth, and if I don't find my announcements, I don't know who I'm my announcer, right? Okay, so, hey, man, remember, caring for someone with dementia is a 24-7 job and the folks at the Alzheimer's Association know all about that. Their helpline is your source for support this holiday season. They will be there for you with free social outings, support groups, care consultation, and much, much more. Call 800-272-3900. Remember, you are not alone. Again, call 800 272 Zero, zero. The Alzheimer's Association, it is holiday season time. Checking on your loved ones. Do what you got to get done. Hey, Fanatic, NFL. Talk to me. NFL, where do I start? I'm going to start with where your dad would start, the famous rad man, mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill. All right, all right. Are they, circling, are they circling the wagons or does Josh Elbow has something to do with the fact that they might not get to the Super Bowl. Hey, man. Hey, it's 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 early, but, man, this is what the Bills do to us my whole life. They, they, they <laughs> get, know us you're excited, they get, get us excited. They break us down, and nobody likes it more than Nate Brown Jr. Love. Because I'm a Jets fan. What can I tell you? 
And, and I thought about you uh, last Sunday, man. Think of how, how the Jets did that, man. So, but but to me, this I think will actually could be a big a good thing for the Bills. Okay. I'm trying to be glass half full. Here's what I mean by that. Right now, if you have Case Keenum, he's probably going to start the next two, three games. To me, that means you need to find the balance. Uh, Ken Dorsey was letting Josh Allen become too Superman. Yes, do everything. Yeah, he, yeah. he just wasn't doing the dancing. He wasn't doing the Superman like Cam used to do. But he was playing like McDermott had when when he was in Carolina with Cam <laughs> Superman Newton. So right now, let's go hand the ball off to Con uh, to to um uh, my man out the UGA, his brother. I'm gonna come back on his name. Um, hand the ball off to Naeem Hines. Hand the ball off to Singletary. Singletary's been having a solid season. Yes, um, he has been. So James, James Cook. James Cook. That's what I'm thinking about the SEC running back. His brother's Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who they play each other on, who they on, play Sunday. on Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Dalvin yeah. and James Cook play at Buffalo at okay. 1 o'clock on Sunday. So, okay. to me, with Case Keenum, turn the ball. Turn around. Hand that ball off. Throw a screen pass. Stop letting. And when Josh come back, now his elbows hurt. People know about that. He's going to have to drop back in the pass. Running on fourth and one in the fourth quarter in a tie game. You don't need to run them on third and eight quarterback power run in the first quarter of a zero zero game. Stop. Now, what you're saying, Fanatic, is that this might help Josh's game in the long run to understand how to manage the, the, the offense as opposed to always putting everything on your shoulders. I think, yeah, I think that, but also Ken Dorsey. Like, I, I can't tell. Now, this is where I would need you and definitely the rad man who's at the games. I can't tell if Josh Allen is checking and calling and switching the plays to then him, he just going to run it. But I think this now creates, I guarantee you, the Bills may run one quarterback power, and I bet you they oh, really Case Keenum, they might not run nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. They not, and, and they may have one quarterback run. The main thing, but they call it what Josh is there. So I think this is going to make Ken Dorsey be a better offensive coordinator more oh, than anything. That's where I'm going. Ken so he'll be, a better, he'll be a better play caller. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Speaking of play calling, how in the Mickey Freaky, and I know James Ursa, I mean, Jim Ursay, whatever the guy's name is, owns the Colts, but for you to just totally, and, I, and trust me when I tell you this, if I probably met Jeff Saturday, I would have a probably good time with the dude. Mm-hmm. You look like the kind of guy yeah. that looks just like yo, man, just a down-to-earth kind of fella. Yeah. And so for him to get the job with the coach, and I know a lot of guys want to coach in, in football, but when will one white guy said, you know what, maybe I shouldn't get this job. I'm just saying, and I know that's a long shot. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, I'll, long shot. Hey, that, that, hey but, maybe yeah. I don't deserve this, and somebody else who doesn't look like me in in your circle should get this spot. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when because Ursay kind of circumvented the little Rooney rule, okay, by saying interim, and I believe if the dude do a halfway decent job, it ain't gonna be interim. He gonna keep the job for that. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, this could definitely be problems going down the pike because let's say Jeff Saturday does win three, four more games, and, yep. and, you, and you already know now because he's not, not interim to try and get tag up. Now they're gonna have to hire a Rooney Rule, or they're gonna have to. I'm sorry, not hire, interview a person of color. Now I feel bad. I would never. I wouldn't even want to take that interview because you Thank already you. know how the owner already feels about Saturday. But you also know. You don't. You may not never. You may not never get another interview. So you kind of got to take it just to get your name out there. But then it's kind of a waste of interview. So to me, this is a catch twenty two. Because I will say, and I'll throw it to you before I give you my opinion on Jeff Saturday is Nate. Talk to us. If they, if they did give it to a brother, if they did give it as an interim job with how terrible the Colts are, and and it seems clear to me that J, that Jim Irsay will not allow them to play Matt Ryan, even though Sam Ellinger. He wasn't that good at Texas. He's just a scrub, dude. You know, he shouldn't even be in the league. So now, so now, picture this. so now picture this. What if he did hire a brother for an interim job? Because you know what I would say? Why are they always giving the brothers the dirt? But, but then again, but in fairness to Ursay, right? In fairness mm-hmm. to him, he had Jim Caldwell. He had yeah, her. Tony he Dungy. had my man's name. Um, Tony Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. So he's, he's yeah. had. You know, you know, brothers working for him. So I'm not saying that he's not like that, but I'm just simply saying in in this kind of day and age. And I know Jeff Saturday is more like a rah rah kind of guy. I don't even know if you can coach, but I know he was fired up. He, 
He was 20 and 16 as a high school coach. Like, okay. he didn't even coach college. Come on. Mediocre. Okay. So, 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 so that's where they're going with that. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so to me, to me, I, and I, and I will again say this, I'm going to just, again, devil's advocate before I get to my opinion, but just thinking about it is he skipped a whole bunch of white coaches too. Now I'm not mad that he didn't yep. hire another retread like Jim, like John Fox. I'm like, John Fox, he was in Charlotte, had a heart attack. John, he should be playing golf somewhere. Why is he still coaching? Like, yeah. and then and then he passed Gus Bradley. Both of them had their chances. It should have been somebody else. So I'm glad Jim Ursay didn't go there. But my point is, I think it could be. I see it both sides because when I looked at the Houston Texans, I said, "Oh, that's where Lovey is. He got to he got to coach that high school team. His high school team, I bet you could beat some of my Section Eight down here in Baton Rouge. They would have some problems that Houston Texas team. That's not a good football team." And then Pep Hamilton got to work his way to be that offensive coordinator. So it's that catch twenty two. I would I would have been annoyed that a brother would have had to be the interim the interim coach because Indianapolis headed for a straight rebuild. And who knows what they do with Michael Pittman Jr., um, Darius Leonard, who goes right. now by Shaquille. So and and Jonathan Taylor, of course. But overall, Jeff Saturday he pulled somebody out of nowhere. I hate that. It's always that white. My big thing is. When is a black man ever going to get a benefit like that? Or when is a woman come out of nowhere? Just, come yeah. here, come here, Julian. Hey, hey, hey tell I'm going to hey. make you president. <laughs> yeah, hey, come on now. Yo. We only got to work an inch and crawl and hit every step. They look at us, well, you wasn't a middle school coach. Wait, hold on. Let me see your, let, let me see your peewee record. Like, wait, hold on. But now my man coached high school, never coached a day in his life when it comes to, to high, college or NFL, but he the head coach. I just want a person of color or a woman to get that lucky. But, but let's stay on the NFL because um, we're going to go to what's happening with the Washington Commanders because the D.C. lawsuit, and I'm reading this from my um, Yahoo feed, that the tenure as the owner for Dan Snyder could be over, as well as the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. And here's what it says. Litigation seems inevitable, but the target, the surprise for the NFL. That's a takeaway from the latest tent pole of embarrassment for the Washington Commanders owner Snyder, who was sued on Thursday by the District of Columbia Attorney General Carl Racine for allegedly covering up decades fanatic of abuse and sexual harassment inside the NFL team. In an unexpected twist, Snyder had the company had company in the 45 page 45 page complaint. The NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell named as co-defendants in the complaint alongside Snyder. In a nutshell, Racine was alleging that as Snyder was covering up his own misdeed, Goodell and the NFL were covering up for Snyder. My brother, talk to me. Mm, mm. Hey, well, you laid it all out there. To me, it's chickens coming home to roost. It's a simple old adage. What you do in the dark will come to the light, and God don't like ugly. So to me, all this stuff, this is all this is all coming back to the blowback that he Dan Snyder deserved. And I think I don't know how much more it's gonna take, but I know if he was my business partner, I don't care what he would have looked like, he got to go. It's interesting too, because John Gruden threatened the same thing. Mm, yeah. Remember Fanatic yeah, when, when they when they booted Gruden from Vegas, right? Gruden was like, nah, 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 nah. It ain't going down like this. There's some other egregious stuff that's going on in the NFL. And quite frankly, all the other owners know about this too. You can't be an owner in a club. There's only 30-something of y'all, 32 of you, right? Yeah, 31 because Green Bay doesn't have a a single owner. Okay, so so Green Bay has a cheese head. So (laughs) 31 regular people in a a block of cheese. Mm -hmm. So the 31 guys, you know, people, you know damn well they know what's going on in their camp. Yeah. But they can't dime out anybody. Why? Because they might dime out themselves. 100%. Yeah. So if I tell on me, shit, there's some other people out there that, you know, going to go down. So I think this whole NFL lawsuit and the cover-up is what your man Gruden said a couple of seasons ago. He said, this ain't over. Y'all gave me the boot. Y'all owe me $10 million, and I'm going to get my money. 
Yeah. So, so, so the name. If you are Jerry Jones, or if you are a Bob Kraft, and Bob Kraft was in some trouble with the Mossad. Bob Kraft likes happy endings. He yes. can't walk. We know. Yep. So, so how did? If you are one of them, what do you do? Do you do you try and hurry up and push Dan Snyder out publicly like Jim Bay did? Do you try and push him out quietly, or are you just trying to say I'm not going to say anything because John, Dan, Daniel Snyder knows that I've been doing some wrong and he might snitch on me? What say you? But but that's what Snyder said. Snyder said. If I'm going down, all of y'all going down. But he don't have to even do that now, fanatic, because the D, because the attorney general, Carl Racine, is gonna make everybody go down. So ain't nobody gonna have to. It's like the first person that comes. So or he has. He wouldn't have done that if he had enough evidence. Is what I'm saying to even yeah. pursue something like that. So obviously they've been looking at a whole bunch of different stuff, and Goodell has been the keeper of the flame. He keeps all the secrets. You don't make 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollars a year like Goodell do, whatever, some absorbing much of money. I don't even know what it is. So it's too ridiculous for me to phantom. You <laughs> gotta keep everybody's secrets. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I think what's gonna happen is Congress gonna look at this at some point in time, NFL gonna have to do another shuffle because um the way they doing business fanatic, it's not cool. You don't wanna hire nobody, you know, the, the they ain't looking white, you wanna abuse the women. Okay, so it's a whole culture that yeah. group said that hey, you think you think this team is the only one that's doing this? Nah, Dan Snyder said you think I'm the only cat doing this? Nah, so something's gonna give fanatic. Yeah, yeah now nah, that that's gonna be real, real interesting. And I know we got about eleven seconds left, so I'm just gonna wrap it and say this. John Gruden, let's not absolve him. He said some pretty heinous things. And of you course. and you know how comfortable it might have been. Could you imagine writing that on your work email? Like, I would be <laughs> nervous to write that in a personal chat about Michelin lips, Michelin tire lips, Demore Smith. I could, I, man, I'll be nervous to voice note that. But he writing it, feeling real comfortable to your point. It's the culture. It's That's the what I'm saying. Club. They all kind of act the same, guilty by association. They in some trouble, but I'm sure it's going to be long litigation. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get some NBA in here. Should the Lakers just freaking just trade the whole trio of them guys, man? And and is Kyrie anti-Semitic? Uh, I don't think so, but that's just me. You listen to what's going on, the experience with Nate Brown Jr. and the crew, Fanatic, Fox Sports, 1280, iHeartRadio, and the mainradio.com. That's T-H-E-M-A-N-E-R-A-D-I-O.com. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, we are back. With my man, the fanatic. And I want to say thank you for hanging with me today, man. I just I just really enjoy talking to you. I miss talking to you. The big O, too, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I will see him in a few weeks. I'll make sure to, to pass some sentiments on it. I'll make sure to bring him on back with me the next That's time. Next time you come in this in this virtual space of ours, the big O got to be on there with you. And I speaking of the big O in basketball, dude. I don't know sports leagues to me are just in the quagmire at this, at this the present time, right? So yeah. I'm gonna start out west, okay? Because I never liked the Lakers anyway. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna trash the Lakers because I never liked mm. them. Okay. So LeBron James, you get what you get because you're trying to be the GM and the player. Okay. Mm-hmm. So AD, street clothes can't stay on the court. And Russell Westbrook got what we call in sports the yips. Mm-hmm. So should the Lakers just trade the three of them and just get some young guys and try to get that big, tall dude that everybody's talking about? I can't pronounce his name. Wanna be what big Yeah, he got pop up. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, Wimbenyama. Just tank right now, and Lakers go get that dude, and LA might come back. Hey, I feel that, but I would say I, I would disagree on that because so the Lakers don't have to tank because they stink. Okay, they okay, stink I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. Okay, so, they yeah, do so, stink. So, so, and now LeBron has a doctor injury. He's not. He gonna take a sweet time coming back because I do feel bad for him. It's almost like Kobe in his last days. The Lakers were terrible. LeBron, I feel bad. He has to go out with this. But I really wouldn't. I wouldn't break this team up right now. No trade is gonna make the Lakers a title contender. No. But trade. I'm not saying that you're just trying to get some. You're just trying to get some young blood in there. You have, yeah, the yeah, Lakers got to do a total rebuild, player. Yeah, see, see, but I don't think they have to right right now. Russell Westbrook's forty million dollar contract. Off the books, 
automatically next year. At the end of the season, I can tell you the Lakers are not going to offer him a contract extension. They're not re-signing him. So now they got $50 million. Do you try and split that between two free agents? Do you try and lure a DeMar DeRozan to come home when they should have signed him? Matt From the Johnson beginning. Yeah, man, he probably had late Magic Johnson told on him. He said he had a deal lined up with Palinka. DeMar, DeMar told the Lakers he wanted to come home, but De, uh, they, the LeBron and Palinka wanted to sign Russell Westbrook. So that's right. how DeMar ended up in Chicago. So now it's okay. Two years, three years later, they need DeMar. They, they need, but you don't have to trade anything. And you, you can have a chance with LeBron and Street Clothes when Street Clothes is playing. And by his standards, He's played in 11 out of 12 games this year, which is amazing by his standards. So we do we think that's going to last? No. But the Lakers are in need of a rebuild. And, and I think next year is their year. If they don't win it next year, then that's when the time you blow it up, you trade street clothes. But the Lakers can't rebuild right now because they don't have any trade assets. No, they have no first-round picks. New Orleans fleece the Lakers. Fleece them. Fleece them. Yeah, I'm telling you, you ride this squad out. And you let it go. New Orleans hijacked that Anthony Davis trade. We, we did all that yelling and screaming about who won the trade. Look back now. Let the trades go through. The Lakers did win the championship with Anthony Davis, so you can't take that away. Yes, it might have been in the bubble, but they still won a chip with, with him. And now, you know, uh, um, uh, the Pelicans down here by me, New Orleans, have one of the best young squads yeah. and only going to a set, and they're getting first-round picks, and they can parlay those to a great college player or an international player, or they flip it for another big-time marquee free agent like uh, like whomever, whoever may be coming up in the next couple of years. So the future is bright for the Pelicans. Okay, so what about let's go across the pond and talk about the Brooklyn no-nets because they can't <laughs> score. And then, but they did beat the, the Knicks this week, so, I mean, that's not saying much. But um, mm-hmm. the Brooklyn no-nets, and I'm I'm just sorry. I just think Ben Simmons just should just – Take the money and run. It's old. Oh, it's he's old okay. record. Go uh, take. Go on and take the money and run. Yeah, he's already on. been doing that, huh? He's already been doing that. Don't you take think? it and sit down. Don't even try. I watched the game the other night, dude. He did it again. He in the hole. He passed the ball out. Only thing he did, the rebound came off the rim and he dunked it, and the whole crowd just sarcastically started cheering. Mm-hmm. But it was, so, it was sarcastic cheer. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying to you. Brooklyn looks terrible, okay? Mm-hmm. And athletes like LeBron and KD, they got to stop trying to be stop managing the team too because he's the one that won a Kyrie on the squad. Was yeah. KD, am I right? That's my boy, yeah. man. That's my AAU, man. That's my man, man. That's my road. Yeah. Yeah. And quite frankly, Kyrie ain't as looney to the people think he is. I mm. mean, he, I'm just saying he, he, he has some – Moments. He's not a dumb dude. In that no. Joe Side just said it because I was watching him earlier. He had a conversation. He said Kyrie don't seem he don't hate nobody because he really doesn't. I think he'd be misspeaking mis, mis about certain things. Yeah. Re- no, he has to go do some more research. Yeah. Well. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Because well, yeah, you just yeah. about stuff without doing. I mean, Kyrie, you 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 you're thought provoking guy. So I get you. But at the end of the day, man, you can't say the as my mother used to tell me growing up, boy, you can't say the first thing come out your mouth now. Yeah. How many yeah. times your mama told you? How many times Mama Dolores told you that, Julie? You know, hey, hey, you you better think before you speak. And I, and and Kyrie, he can't decipher. Maybe it is because he, he went from high school basically to the league. I mean, he spent well, again. He was hurting at Duke. At Duke, exactly for, for the league. So he didn't really get that true collegiate experience. I, he can't he can't clearly decipher what is real information and what is it when you're when you're out here quoting people like Alex Jones who just continues and I'm glad he's banker I'm glad they ask him for more money Alex Jones the conspiracy theory guy who says Sandy Hook wasn't a real event that was all a hoax that was all a plan please man I would put my hands on that dude I'm a newer dad with a two year old little girl mm-hmm. one year old I couldn't imagine somebody taking that if I was somebody who lost my child in that. And hear having him to continue to hear, to speak and hear talk that buffoonery. Now, Kyrie, to your point, I think he doesn't know how to find really good information. I think he's trying to put things out there. And then what I just don't like about Kyrie is he never wants to take accountability yeah, yeah, for yeah. what he did. And to me, the NBA is doing him wrong by making him do sensitivity training and all this other buffoonery to jump back through hoops. They better do that to all them owners and all these other GMs. Thank you. And Thank you. 
who do all this wildness. Don't put it, make Kyrie jump through who's in gravel back to you. You already uh, emasculated him enough. Mm-hmm. But I will say, and this is another simple fact that I talk about life. Nate, you know this. People, when people don't like you, they're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. People don't no. like Kyrie. You know, and they've never liked him. Yeah, and he may be, he's an amazing basketball player, but he can't be sitting there saying, I never said that uh, I was promoting this, 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 this movie. But you tweeted out about it with all your followers. People are going to say, well, what do you think? And then when people are asking him, well, what do you think? Now he's radio silent. No, just speak. But I like, think what happened to Kyrie, though, is when he said the earth was flat. Yeah, he exactly. Come so on. That's, no, that's the first that's, That's the, the first time I trust me. On Monday and Thursdays, I have my tinfoil hat on. Don't get it. <laughs> you know, a couple days a week, yeah. my tinfoil hat is on, and my wife is going, son, are you all right? Because yeah. I'm in conspiracy theory mode. But I don't come on the station to say that. It's just exactly. Come on. It'd be me in my bathroom thinking about, oh, okay, yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody has their tin, tin, tin hat for moments. Yeah. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah, but but you yeah, but but like you said, we talk about it at the barbershop or from right. someone in your house, that's one thing. But you can we we're not gonna be on the show today talking about some old crazy theory, like with like unless you have that proof. Like we're not doing this on, on, on radio and TV and where we are now. That's just irresponsible. And Kyrie wants to be a leader. I love that, but nothing is more dangerous than somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and everybody lead everybody to trouble. And that's what somebody mm-hmm. like does because in that same bit movie, they talk about the Holocaust not being real. Now that to me seems a little ludicrous. And, with and, that. and you know, and you know, and you know that's, and you know that is the farthest thing. That's like somebody oh. saying, that's like somebody saying the slave and trade that. that wasn't real. That's a oh. myth. You guys weren't real. Like stupid. What, what's my man's name? Kanye. 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 Oh yeah. Um, they want to be slaves. Yeah, like. Like, like, come on. And, and I try to be nice. I try to be nice, man. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful day. I didn't want But, yeah, when you talk idiotic buffoonery like that, you wonder why people don't listen to you. But then he dr- tried to drop jewels that I have heard some people say that. Right. People, that, that, that the real Bible was isn't, all, isn't really correct, but they're saying that the original Jews were black people. And I know I've heard in different circles, black people are the, are the original man. Not white people. So Kyrie, so I can't be anti-Semitic because I know where I come from. That's the, the the bar that he dropped at the end, where he's like, "Okay, I'm saying from where my history is, I'm a black Jew. So how can I be anti-Semitic about my about my own people?" So it's it's again when you're talking that the earth is flat, but then you're trying to come with some good points. He's just it's just hard for him to decipher. And he seems to never want to own up. Now, he did apologize, but why apologize when he did when he was already suspended? He, when he was already suspended, he should have just said, I'm leaving it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to hold Stand. I love when, when my young kids tell me, I'm going to stand 10 toes down. I, love yeah, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, like, yo, Kyrie, you already been standing 10 toes down. Don't apologize. Dog. Now you get suspended. Now you want to apologize? Like, Kyrie, he's just backwards. He needs guidance. He really needs mentorship. More than anything, and I don't know where that is. But, is, but is he willing? Is he willing for that? See, that's you cannot be mentored if you're not willing to be. Yes, true. And, but, and, but but I do think he's looking for information, and yeah. who's a better place of resource to get information than a mentor? Like I think yeah. about me to you, I'm gonna come to you when I'm looking for information because I know you're gonna put me on game. Yeah, but I appreciate that. But just in terms of, like I said, I would love to talk to Kyrie because it doesn't seem like he's an ignorant fella. It just seems that you know. He'll he'll have a great conversation for Discord and in academia because you're in the academic world. That's what academics is about. You don't yeah. always agree on things. It's room to have discussions. We had Pat Freeman on the show last week talk about that, Doctor Pat, and he was like, "Now there's no room for discussion because you're gonna have Dave Chappelle doing some stuff and they're gonna get mad at him." But once again, like I said, you have to have room for Discord. It's okay not to agree on everything. That's what makes America great to me. Just because you can't always agree. That's autocratic. That that is that Mussolini, I want to be like Trump, and they want to disguise it as being conservatism. No, it's not. You want to lock people down and make them do like they do in Russia. This Mm. ain't Russia. This is America. We got a different vibe. Fanatic. I want to thank you for hanging with me today, my brother. 
No doubt, no doubt. Hey, just one thing, man. You just hit my heartstring. When I hear the word Russia, and I think about it in general, I think about Brittany Griner, man. Brittany's Brittany Griner. They done moved her to a penal, yeah, penal colony. Oh yeah, yeah, penal colony, penal colony jail. Mm-hmm. And it's just what is just like what is what I can't even imagine what that looks like. So blessings to her, man. I hope that there's some way they can get her back. I know they're trying to trouble some armed dealers, some mass terrorists. I, obviously, I, I know that's a delicate subject, but that she didn't deserve to be arrested. I don't think in the first place, from what it seems, and she's been over there almost now a year. So I just pray Dude, for her. I told somebody she might not come back until 2024. They looked at me like I was crazy, but I know how they negotiate stuff. And the way, and the reason why um, Putin is holding us because this whole Ukraine stuff. Yeah, he's mad that America is supplying arms to Ukraine and all that other stuff, and they're getting their buns whipped by the Ukrainians. They ain't taking no stuff from the Russians. And that's what's happening. Okay. So as long as that's going on, old girl going to be in the penal colony. And that's a damn shame. That's a shame. But that's why they're holding them. Hey, Fanatic, thank you, man. Hey, folks, we come back. My man Ryan got some stuff going on for you. Okay. Some more NBA in the building. Yo, Fanatic, you got to come back with the big O. You know, I, I got you. Just say the word. I'll get on get on Big O's calendar. That's a busy man these days. So. And you got to start your show back again on the main radio. The main radio. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm trying to tie it on Big O. That's a busy dude with all the different business ventures he's in. I, but I, but I, I, I work on him. You got my word. Thank you for having me. Shout out to the audience, man. Keep being well. Uh, you can check us out anytime. We love being here with you. Um, appreciate y'all. Thanks. All right, man. Hey, man. Yes. Next up. My man, Rye from NYC. You listen to what's going on, the experience, Fox Sports. We'll be right back. All right, we are live. We're going to start this thing off right, though. For those that are listening to TKK Radio, we're now tuned into Fox Sports 1280. We are now tuned into all of our wonderful stations here with the Ryan Show FM. This is a collaboration of a lifetime going on right now. Mm-hmm. New York has landed in L.A., and for the first time ever, Elena's on Fox Sports Airwaves. Oh, wow. This is going to be... Really? Yeah, knows, make or break it for me right now. <laughs> she knows more about sports than any woman on earth. Throw me right in. Because she knows about the great, <laughs> the legendary, the one and only, LA's own, a legend here on the West Coast, Shea okay. Cotton, is here for the first time ever. Pew, we got to put the... Pew, pew, there we go. Pew, yes. Pew, pew, pew. Yes. Applause, applause. Man. Yes. Welcome. This was an interview I never thought that I would have landed just because I'm so New York. Okay. And I know you've got your connections to Lamar and players out there. I'm sure you spent your time. As you mentioned, yeah. it, you've been out to the Hamptons before. Yeah, yeah. Let's start Played there. Played in the prep, prep uh, basketball on the, on the East Coast Prep School. Oh, St. Thomas okay. More. So it goes a lot further than you think. Uh, wow, okay. My New York connections are deep and they're real. And uh, from guys of Marbury, Kenny Smith, Kenny Anderson, you know, some of yeah. New York's best to ever play oh, yeah. uh, the game. So it, for me, it – it's a different era, okay? We, yeah. we didn't have social media, so the the relationships and the rivals were real, and the East-West tension was real. Like, it <sighs> spilled onto the court, too. You know, I had big shoes to fill because we weren't really being represented at that time. Now, some of the best players, you know, are coming out of the California area into the NBA, if you look at all the guards, the yeah. wings. So, yeah, I think now the respect is obvious, but at that time it was like, hit or miss, and, you know, you run up and down the court, shoot jump shots, but we were looked at as soft, and I had a wow. big chip. What a time to be playing basketball. Just the culture and the Americana that's going on in between yeah. and playing with some of those greats. Now, you, you mentioned uh, modern-day NBA and how there's not as many rivalries. I, I didn't ever think about that until right now that it had, might have something to do with social media. Yeah, because everybody has the you know ability to speak to one another and stay connected to one another. You were blowing up in an age without social media and word of mouth. They call you the LeBron before the LeBron. Right. To those that are just tuning in, Shea Cotton was one of the greatest high school basketball players of all time, especially in those freshman and sophomore years back then. It was uh, it was just a sight to behold. You can go to the YouTube right now and look up some of these highlights as we're sitting here listening to this because a lot of people listening in their cars right now so they can see you were truly the man child there's a reason why the documentary is called man child right right which is available now on itunes and uh, prime video and various other platforms but no it's i think the moniker was was created because the way i played it was like a man amongst boys it was like it was unfair because i was being tested against two and three year old guys that were older than me two yeah. or three years older even at that age so 
playing against my peers was a lot easier because my talent, you know, and then my confidence level yeah. was at an ultimate high because I was being challenged. It's not like I was running today, guys try to hide certain players or team up on a certain team and get yeah. this. You know, that's what I don't like about the NBA today. It's like this mm. mega team and are you really champions? Like, if you're good enough, you should be able to do it with the crew that you came in with. You add a few pieces. You know, be loyal. Keep that team together. I understand it's about money, but how much money do you need? Like, it comes to a point where it's like it's diluting the game, diluting the product, you know, as far as the organization, the franchise. For sure. And things like that. I mean, speaking to my Lakers, the home team, this is L.A. I think, you know, they got to make some decisions. Oh, for sure. You know, it's not. it's not looking good. So this isn't a Kobe era. No, it's certainly and, not. Uh, they they refer to me as a combination of Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley put together. So one I of the smaller power forwards, like LeBron for LeBron, yeah. because I'm older than he is. So yeah. he came along after through the social media era, and he's benefited from it, quite frankly. And you know, mm. he's earned his dues, and and he showed it. You know, he showed yeah. the proof. And uh, but I just think the game today has changed. It's becoming more about popularity than actual production. Hmm. It is definitely. Becoming the most rising sport on a global basis, and it has to do with the social media yeah, and the flashiness of what goes on. But man, what you were doing back in the day, the flashiness of it all, being that young and pulling that off, yeah, you were a ninth a and tenth grader. But yeah. undersized forwards are some of my favorite players. Yeah. You mentioned Charles Barkley. You know, technically they say you were like LeBron because of the attention that you had in high school and how you became so popular. And that was without social media, without yeah, word of mouth. And the prowess. The prowess. And the, and the prowess. Yeah, people fear playing against me. So That's, we're talking about Paul Pierce. We're talking about uh, Metal World Peace. We're talking about Ron, Ron, Ron Mercer. Guys that I played against. Okay? You had to hear them in the documentary. Yeah, if you had, everybody needs to check out the documentary. There's 10 of them in there. You know, the doc, the doc is out. It's been out for some time. It didn't really hit like we thought it would have because of COVID. So yeah. now I think it's being reintroduced. So yeah. And the story is real, more importantly. It's not yeah. like a brag or boast. Look, it, it happened. I was number one player in North America in 95. Yeah. Uh, played against Kobe. Was better than him. We played against each other. Rest in peace. And, you know, God dealt me a different card. That's it. So yeah. I'm here today talking about some of those experiences. And uh, my life in front of me is a lot brighter than what was behind me. So mm-hmm. they're still talking about me 20-something years later. They're yeah. talking mm-hmm. about me. I'm just working. Mm-hmm. Helping kids. Service in the community. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the basketball piece is done. Yeah. It's about like who can I impact through my story now and let let's get the story out internationally, not just in the nation, you know. And the video proof is all there. Yeah. And to hear those guys the way that they talk about you and the respect that Tom these Kachowski, guys have for you. Rest in peace. Is New York City great as a scout. Yeah. I mean, he's in there. So yeah. I got real people, man. Like this story is it's one for people to look at as timeless, number one. And it's something for people to look at as Okay, like you could do everything right, and it yeah. still may not work out. So prepare yourself now, you know. For and everything right sport. too. Like you know, when you think of college athletes, they're taking money under the table. I'll be doing the same thing. The NCAA is horrible. Yeah, profiting off these kids. Now it's obviously different. The kids are, are somewhat getting paid right now. Yeah. But how they were investigating you guys? Yeah. I you and your on family. The take, so I mean, I, you were not the take. That's that's what I'm I saying. You can literally straight, straight and narrow because I was already getting the heat and all the attention. So mm. it's like. Nah, why would I want to mess up my future? And yeah. nowadays, like the way it is with the NIL and the NFTs, you can have a brand in high school and make money off of it, and it doesn't ruin your college eligibility. For imagine, us, that was a no-brainer. Imagine had there been social media, you see what the Ball Brothers do. Just yeah. the platform that they're able to build while in high school. Absolutely. And not even professional ballers. You've got kids out there that can just have crazy handles. That one white kid with the mushroom cut that does all those jelly moves. You've right. got to know what I'm talking about, right? About, I forgot uh, his name. Grayson Butcher. Maybe it's Grayson Butcher. No, it's not the professor. But see, there's another one. The professor. Just so yeah. many of these guys can blow up and maintain a living off right. of social media, and not. Absolutely. And they're still technically that it's a professional athlete, right? Yeah, for sure. Being paid to do it. For sure. So yeah, I mean, being a, a like a, a small forward, I guess, a undersized forward in that three. That was my natural position. So yeah. That's what needs to be understood. In college at Alabama, I didn't play my natural position. I was playing out of position. So forward. Okay. In the SEC at that time, which was a big deal because the guy guarded me is 6'10", 6'11". Because so, you're 6'6". Six, six. Right. And I still was all conference. So how do you how do you go up against guys that are that much bigger than you? Well, I mean, when you're put in positions, you, their, their height becomes a weakness. But I was put in positions that my talent wasn't being, you know, flourished at yeah. that point and handled the proper way. Mm. So it, it's kind of difficult, okay, unless yeah. you got plays being ran, you got spacing. You can see where the angles are. Mm. You're, you're scoring in rhythm or out of rhythm. It's two different things, okay? Yeah. 
And I was still all conference once again. I led my team in scoring. I started every game. Yep. Playing out of position. In average, what, 15 points a game, too? Yeah, 15 and a half, about six, seven rebounds. In the preseason, I was averaging over 30 wow. at my position. Wow. So this is a real story. Like yeah. People that know me know, and the ones that played against me, it's nightmares, a lot of them. <laughs> Yo, down, so. the, the, I was watching the documentary, the, the swish. Yeah. Finally, uh, you know, as you were dunking on somebody. Yeah. Yo, the hops were crazy. And I want the listeners to know what the secret to the hops were, because that was really interesting to me. Yeah. The just, workouts that you were doing. The intensity, man. I think that the training, my, my, uh, wasn't he sta- was your brother standing on your back? Yeah, we did. We did donkey calf raises. We'd be sitting on each other's back. And yeah, that's crazy. Hanging off of staircases and stuff, you know, just doing things to get an edge. Now, imagine you were playing now because you'd have the money for some serious strength and conditioning. Yeah. I feel like the science behind all sports now is just so much higher. It's easier to avoid getting injured. Yeah. It was easier for you to get injured because you're going up against guys that are bigger than you. Right. And the moves that you were pulling off at such a young age, it must have been crazy on your body. Yeah, I had one of the those... best trainers. Like yeah. Marv Marinovich, yeah. uh, well, he, he he taught me, my brother James Cotton, uh, Charles and Ed O'Bannon. He's worked with Tyson Chandler. He's worked That's with right. Troy Palomalu and his son, Todd Marinovich. Yeah. So, that list right there was like the creme de la creme in their positions in sports. So yeah. everybody didn't train with Marv because they thought he was crazy at the time. He was intense. He was in your face. And yeah. it was like no nonsense. And that was perfect for me because that's how my father was. So me and my brother connected. We locked in. It just took the athleticism that we had, our genetics, yeah. and our work ethic to another level with mm. that science. You know, the Eastern yeah. European training and isokinetic machines using the bear and the supercat that Michael Jordan used, that Lynn Bias used. I was using machines, and I knew what it was going to do to my body. So I even really still, immersed myself. You were doing what was there at the time, but I feel like yeah. 20 years of science, even right now. Yeah. I don't and know what these guys are using right now. I about the machines, to be wow. honest. Like, I mean, you're talking like, like I said, Michael Jordan and Len Bias. Yeah, those are the two. Those are two of the best to ever play. Yeah. Len, if he played in the NBA, God knows what it would happen. I saw yeah. him against Jordan in college. It didn't. It favored Len Bias. So, really? Yeah. Because yeah, he was he such a physical specimen. Yeah, he was such six, a 6'8". Had almost a 50-inch vertical leap. I mean, ran like a deer. Another shoot. guy that they compare to LeBron. Yeah. They talk yes. about. And he could party, too. Yeah. He had a fun, <laughs> it's a fun guy. <laughs> like I said, a, a great time for basketball and Americana. We're going to go to a very quick break. And we're going to play a little bit of music. If you're on Fox Sports 1280, don't worry. There's not going to be music. <laughs> this is a simulcast. We've got Shea Cotton, the living legend, here. If I'm going to be in L.A., I'm going to surround myself with L.A. legends. We got you first. Yeah. We got Rick Ross coming next. The real Rick Ross. Go. That's right. A little variety here tonight on What's Going On. This is a Ryan Show production. Elena Karras is on the mic. We'll yeah. be back soon, folks. Don't go nowhere.